All right, we're live at DEF CON. We got Arctic Mine over here. How's it going? Very good. Are you, in, are you enjoying the conference? Yes, I am. Were it's you able, before we get into the talk that you did today, were you able to experience DEF CON beyond Monero at all, beyond the Monero Village? To be honest, no. Yeah, either was, either was I. That's why I'm asking. Um, it's been intense just being here. Uh, for those of you that are watching uh, that have never been to DEF CON, I don't know. How, how would you explain it? Well, this is way too much for a very limited amount of time. Everything's happening at the same time. And I came here primarily for the village, and that was my objective. So, yeah, I mean, very little outside of the village. Yeah, I think it's like 20,000 people or something that, that, that attend this thing. It's, it's an, a massive amount of people, uh, and it's very, very cool, very cool for Monero in that we have this village here. And it's not, for me, it's not so much about, obviously, it's great to, to talk to people like you and the people that are in the Monero community, but it's also great to be able to talk to people that don't know about Monero at all that are here for other reasons, and they're kind of coming through just to check out the Monero Village. It's a great way to kind of get the message out about Monero. Well, that's really good. I mean, and I did get a, to a chance to talk to people in the community, but also people that are new to it, and so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's get into the talk. So do uh, you want to give a quick kind of rundown of, of what you went over today in your talk? Well, yeah. I mean, I went over the fee structure in Monero and the penalty and how it works and the, and the changes that have taken place since last year and in fact since i i uh, um had a talk with you i think in, in the fall of last year and there were some critical changes that have happened since then of what i mentioned um and then i covered how this what, what this tells us about other coins and about monero in general and the gist of the conclusion what were those critical changes that happened well the first one that, that has happened is in monero we added the long-term median um, it essentially uh, prevents a fast growth of the uh, blockchain. It's the kind of thing that realistically will rarely be triggered because it's basically an anti-spam thing. Um, the fees, there was a modification to the fees, how they're calculated, which also, um, because now you have the long-term median, we can use that to, to determine fees. And... It allows that when you have a sharp rise in uh, demand, then your fees don't go down right away. And that's the main change that takes place. There's a delay until the, the uh, long-term medium kicks in before the fees start to move. So those are the changes that were made in Monero. Um, and then th the basis of your talk today was, I guess, about comparing essentially Monero to other coins, and in particular Bitcoin, and how it's architected and how it has the tail emission, which allows us to not rely on transactions to maintain the security of the network. Actually, the first coin I talked about was Bitcoin, which I mentioned in um, in, your, in the last, I think, not second last interview I did with you. And what has happened since then is they have abandoned the um, crypto node formula. Uh, in fact, the reason they had to abandon it is because their... Um, Block reward fell to something. It was 800, around 800, when they did it, uh, BCN. Which, if you translate it into Monero, is something like 0.08, so roughly about 13% of the Monero uh, tail emission. And they had to give up. And so what they did is they made the minus boat on it. So essentially, you do not have a a crypto note formula anymore. 
what you have is a minus of boarding on the median, and then they essentially effectively set the fees. Now, it's no secret that a lot of the ASICs that were kicked off the Monero network ended up in Bitcoin. So effectively, uh, the um, block size is controlled by one company. So it's essentially centralized or cartel, which is kind of the prediction is. And then if it then... So that, that's perhaps indicative of what we might see in other coins like Monero. So this, this coin is kind of the canary in the coal mine and showing of what can go wrong if you don't have a tail emission built into the structure of your of your coin. Is that correct? Very much so. In fact, uh, the canary is dead. <laughs> uh, and that's the analogy. Um, and it is, it's a couple of reasons why. Bitcoin had a really fast uh, drop in the block reward, so it kind of like accelerates the whole thing. There's a lot of history in it, which is not, I mean, you know, there was a pre-mine, and then it was hidden as a Nina mine, and they had to do it over two years, and they wanted 83%. So that kind of forces low emissions. So it created the perfect, basically, canary in the coal mine to look at this issue because it accelerated what's coming down the, what's coming down the pipeline. And the conclusion, really, in, in, the, in a crypto note type formula is that you get a, either a, a centralized cartel or a tragedy of the commons. Um, and so it cannot support the Satoshi fee market. Now, where it gets interesting is when we start talking about Bitcoin, and in particular, the big Bitcoin, uh, something like Bitcoin Satoshi Vision. Now there, you have the, the fixed block size, which is about what you need to do in order for the Satoshi fee market to even have a chance. Um, so you have to stay with the, one, with the one megabyte block size in order to give this thing a chance. If you look at something that's weaker than Monero, and, and that's the comparison I made, because if Monero goes to zero and these problems happen, basically the fees go to zero. I mean, it's the essence of what happens. Then the, if the fees go to zero, then if you've got a weaker penalty than Monero, it's the same thing that's going to happen. So the fees are going to go to zero. So if you look at something like Bitcoin Satoshi Vision, with its essentially infinite block size, uh, they just mined a 210 megabyte block. And... Essentially, no other restrictions on 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 the block on, on the block size. Well, how are you going to have a fee market? Well, you're not. And so, essentially, what you'll see is the same thing that happened in Bitcoin. It's a, it's, it'll go to zero, and either you'll get a mining cartel, it'll last for a while, and then you'll have a problem of uh, essentially a tragedy of the commons. Now, we're talking billions of dollars in money here, so this is not a trivial issue. And the essence of the conclusions that I have is you end up with a lot of questions and no answers. So Monero can say, well, we sidestep this entire issue with a tail emission, but all these other coins, pretty well anything has got a finite number of coins and a falling block reward. Uh, and this is a lot of coins. They're either going to have to really restrict the block size and maybe still it won't work, or they're going to end up with essentially a tragedy of the commons or a cartel. And that's not a pretty thing to have to say. So I kind of like the the messenger with a very, um, how shall I put it, an inconvenient truth will be a good analogy that a lot of people don't want to don't want to hear. They can't handle the truth. Well, the truth is the implication, and the truth is that there's a lot of money at risk here. That's what the implication and the truth is. And it's a question, that, and it's questions, because, I mean, my argument would be if you want to secure billions of dollars of, of funds, <coughs> then the onus has to be on those who want to do that to show that you actually have a solution to this problem. 
Well, that, that's what I don't understand. So kind of the meme in Monero, a big in Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is digital gold and that what they uh, consider the most important thing is security, which is, for example, the reasoning they give as to why uh, they're not so concerned about implementing something like, um, you know, Ring CT, because they rather make sure that the co coin is auditable uh, versus risking risking that. So it's, it's security first. So with that in mind, then why, if, if Bitcoin's all about security first, why are they okay with not having a tail emission and risking the future security of the coin? I, that, that I, I find that, to me, that, that seems hypocritical. If, they're, if, they're, if their main concern is security, how are they okay with not uh, ensuring that the future of the coin will be secure? Just a, a thought that I constantly have about Because this. the 21 million block num maximum number of Bitcoin is a very cherished element of the Bitcoin social contract. And it's one thing that everybody sort of in consensus in Bitcoin isn't prepared to change. So their approach to security is we won't increase the block size. So they go in with a one megabyte block size and you just hold the but demand. the security is potentially at risk there, right? Given that we're going to be relying on, uh, you know, uh, fee, uh, transaction fees to secure the network. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it's at risk. It's a totally unproven. I mean, it was mentioned in the Satoshi paper, and a comment that I made in the, in the talk is just because you make a statement and you embed it in a work of genius, but let me be blunt, I mean, this is essentially what Satoshi paper is, does not make the statement true and does not prove the statement. And that's exactly what we have here. No, very few people are standing up and questioning the viability of the so-called Satoshi right. fee market. Plato got a lot of things wrong. He got a, he got a lot of things right, but he also got a lot of things wrong, given the, the knowledge he had at the time. That's exactly correct. And I think this is what this is coming down to. You hear, like, are you sure that somebody else starting a new coin is going to do the same thing? Maximum number of coins. It sells very well. Trust me. And they're going to turn around and then have a falling block reward. Okay. Well... Uh, nobody's answered the question. And because you're kicking the can down the road, um, I mean, Bitcoin is kind of an exception because Bitcoin pushed the thing really accelerated in order to do their pre-mine. But in general, you're kicking the can down the road. People are not necessarily going to worry what's going to happen in 20, let's say, tw in 24 years from now. So let's say 2043. And an example that I looked at with a fee-based coin is what happens on Christmas Day. I mean, if your fee levels go, if your transaction levels drop for a day, is that vulnerable to a 51% attack? Because that's when you don't want to do it. And and then and then you sort of calculate what's the block reward going to be, say, in 2043. And the reason I picked 2043 it happens to be the uh, 200th anniversary of uh, Charles Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol. So it's not the 300th anniversary, like 2143, which a lot of people are thinking it's a 200th anniversary. So it's 2043. And you're already looking at like a 0.8% of the existing block reward, for example, for Bitcoin SV. So there's a lot of questions and no answers. So do you think uh, Bitcoin can just continue to kick that the can down the road, so to speak? Or are, are people going to start to become more aware of this issue at sooner than later? Will, it, will the market start to understand this? Or it's something that uh, they can kind of just be hidden because it's, it doesn't really... Uh, become an issue until um, the block reward ends? Well, it doesn't really end. It just goes lower and lower and lower. Um, some people say the price is going to go up, but that's debatable. I think the real one thing that could possibly force this into the uh, issue is if Monero sort of really starts getting 
a lot more traction based on privacy. And then people start looking at this question because it's been solved in Monero. And, and so that's one major factor. But hardly anybody's done that. I mean, and, and they're launching new coins with fixed block maximum number of coins. So it's not the sort of thing that uh, is very saleable. I mean, you can sell a fixed number of coins very well. It's tougher to say, well, our inflation rate is less than that of gold, which is essentially what Monero says. Um, and so, therefore, you still meet the definition of hard money because the gold standard for hard money is gold, and Monero's got a lower inflation rate than gold. Therefore, it can still meet that standard. Maximum number of coins, that sells very well. It's easy, it's easy to comprehend that uh, for many people, that, oh, that must be supply-demand. Maximum number of coins, so it's just going to have to continue to go up in value. Exactly. Well, the problem is that it really doesn't work. It hasn't been proven to work, and we have no evidence that it works at all, and we're trying to secure billions of dollars worth of money with this thing. So you have an unproven hypothesis trying to secure $200 million in, in sorry, billion dollars in cryptocurrency or more. That's what we have. Yeah, I mean, that, that was personally kind of one of my first major questions with Bitcoin when I first got into Bitcoin was, all right, well, what happens when, when you know, the mining block reward ends, you know, or, or diminishes enough? Well, we've seen the canary did <laughs> in the form of Bitcoin. Um, so that's kind of a partial answer to the question. I think one possible scenario is a cartel, a mining cartel, followed by some kind of tragedy of the commons. Eventually, it's going to come down to that. I think a bigger uh, uh, issue is going to come up on coins like Bitcoin Satoshi Vision, especially in to a certain degree Bitcoin Cash, because they've really pushed the block reward argument, so there's no very unclear how they're going to create scarcity in order to um, force those fees to go up. Bitcoin, on the other hand, and that's kind of, they'll say, well, you know, some points we managed to get about three Bitcoins worth of fees. Okay, well, that's kind of roughly equivalent to where Monero is in a stellar mission. So that is an argument that maybe they can do this, maybe not. It's unclear. The, uh, what is clear is that Bitcoin has failed as a transactional currency with the exception of very large transactions. And I, and, and I will caution that. It is still a very viable way of moving significant sums of money around. Right, because it has the liquidity. But I feel like, uh, you know, that this is kind of one of the major arguments for pro-Bitcoin is it has the liquidity and the network effect. But I feel like that's something that can be overcome with time. Uh, but there's other things that just can't be overcome if certain flaws uh, that, that can't be changed with time. For example, Bitcoin's lack of fungibility uh, and like we're talking about, it's, it's lack of tail emission. These are things that are part of the social contract of Bitcoin that really can't be changed. Uh, but whereas something like, uh, you know, you look at Monero versus Bitcoin and the argument against Monero and pro-Bitcoin is that, well, uh, Bitcoin has an network effect. It has liquidity. Monero doesn't. But isn't that just something that would come with time? Yes. I mean, here's the problem. The first question is that Bitcoin basically cannot uh, not handle the small transactions. Um, there, there is a lot of myth around Lightning Network do it filling in this void. But Lightning Network needs to close the channels. And this is where I tell people Lightning Network. So if you've got a big escrow amount of, uh, sitting in your channel in order to close it, well, that kind of takes uh, the advantage of Lightning Network out of this. Lightning Network is a great technology, don't get me wrong, but it's not a replacement for scaling on the main chain. And that's a fundamental problem that Bitcoin has. 
the fungibility aspect, ironically, I don't think it's as serious because if you had to solve the scaling problem, you could ret you could bolt on things like confidential transactions and you could do this kind of stuff. I mean, that's how Monero did it. I mean, you know, when we went and put in confidential transactions and, and blocks went to 13 kilobytes, well, the reason we could do that is because we have an adaptive block size and we can actually handle the, the, the larger capacity until then Bulletproof comes around and drops the, the transaction sizes down. So if you look at a, even a Bulletproof right now, we're looking at 2,600 bytes for a transaction, which is what, maybe 500 for Bitcoin. It's five times the size. What happens if you um, now make the transactions in Bitcoin five times larger, well, you're going to have a real problem with, a, with an overloaded uh, network. So I would argue that one of the reasons why we haven't seen fungibility solutions that really work in Bitcoin is because it doesn't have the capacity to handle them. And the politics as well, right? Well, Like we said, the social contract aspect of it is preventing. Uh, so people kind of say, well, security first, co the coin, the protocol has ossified. Uh, we're not about changing the protocol. Therefore, we're not willing to kind of edit it. Uh, to, to add something like confidential I, transactions. I think a lot of the problem in Bitcoin is nobody can really pro propose a solution to the problem because a solution may not exist. And that the politics is driven to a very large degree, not by the personalities involved, but by the weakness in the protocol. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see the difference. So I, I don't think that, I mean, if Bitcoin had the scaling capability, I would not be surprised if things like confidential transactions would have been put in there. A, a good coin join solution. So the fungibility issue, as we address, a lot of people forget. I mean, confidential transactions was designed for Bitcoin. It was implemented in Monero. Correct, correct. Coin join was designed for Bitcoin. It was implemented in Dash. You think about this. So all these technologies are going somewhere else for a reason. Right. Because they just can't be adopted into Bitcoin. Basically, you don't have the capacity on, on, on the blockchain to do it because of these limitations. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. All right, well, this is great, as always. Well, thank you. Uh, are you going to the party tonight? It looks yeah. like the, the pre-party has started. Uh, uh, for those of you watching, uh, yeah, the Monero Village behind us is filled with people uh, who are getting ready for tonight's Monero party. Well, that's a good opportunity to meet people and network. Yes, absolutely, I'll be going there. All right, nice seeing you, and I'll see you at the party. Thank you. Have a good one.